Welcome back to the Win Big Podcast. This is Tyler here with Stephen and Zane. Thank you for your continued support and listen. It's greatly appreciated. With us tonight is Grayson Reckworth, head baseball coach, James Bowie High School. Grayson, what's going on, sir? Hey, man. How are you guys? Oh, we can't complain. Well, good, good. <laughs> hey, uh, so head baseball coach at James Bowie. Yes, sir. And y'all have actually had a y'all have had a really good season, right? Yeah, everything's pretty good right now. We're kind of uh, uh, it's it's not a normal week right now because we've got a lot of stuff that can kind of change depending on tomorrow's game. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we're sitting in second place right now, but you know, if we win tomorrow, we'll be tied for first. If if we lose, then there's a big three way tie for second. So it's kind of wow. So hold on, so hold I mean, on. Y'all playing tomorrow? It's been nuts this year. Who do you, who do y'all got tomorrow? Lyndon Kildare, actually. Oh yeah, here we go. Coach Baskin's coming back. So home. we got them. At, we got them at home, and that's uh, it's supposed to be senior night, but of course there's rain in the forecast. So who knows? So I have a question. Yeah. Y'all got that Monday. If something goes sideways, well, not even if something happened with you guys, but like I say, if you beat LK and that throws something else in, are they doing that Tuesday? Because doesn't it have to be done by Tuesday at midnight? Yeah, us and Model talk about it. We've kind of talked about it today. I mean, our, I mean, it just it just depends. I mean, we, we kind of we're just looking at tomorrow, really. Yeah. I mean, and then we'll go from there. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it was kind of unexpected because we didn't we didn't think they were going to get beat on Saturday by Rivercrest. Nothing against Rivercrest. They, you know, it's just like I said, the dip been kind of crazy all year. Yeah, and then yeah, and then of course y'all didn't play Friday. Now you're playing Monday. Rain. I was thinking more of the rain. The rain could throw a kink in a lot of stuff. Probably we don't have to worry about anything really except for the the one and the two seed. Right. Gotcha. Well, Coach, give us a little bit about your background and how you ended up, uh, kind of your baseball journey and how you ended up where uh, where you're at today. Uh, all right. So I went to high school at Pleasant Grove High School in Texarkana. Um, played there all four years. And then as soon as, uh, <clears throat> as soon as I graduated, I started volunteer coaching there with my old high school baseball coach. Um, I volunteered there all through college and I went to college in A&M in Texarkana. So I was home and local, but, um, volunteered there, got hired as soon as I graduated, went and took a head coaching job in Arkansas at, at Falk high school. Um, after that four years, I kind of got burnt out a little bit and got out and thought I wanted some more time and to make some more money and. Um, you know, I still did the summer coaching stuff, but I, I didn't ever stop coaching. But the, the teaching part, I kind of got out of that for a little bit. And then I guess summers ago, one this one group that just kind of hit me funny and touched me. And I just kind of told myself, man, I got to get back in. And I still had I still had another year before before my teaching license expired. So. Um, originally I'd already accepted a job in Houston and, you know, kind of was 
you know, preparing for a move. And uh, this job came open like in a, as an assistant football, assistant baseball job came open the night that I had actually accepted the Houston job. And so I applied, <clears throat> got a call the next day, interviewed the next day after that. And I mean, the rest is, the rest is history. This is my second year here. Um, I was assistant last year and then took over after the head coach left. Very good. <clears throat> so what, what is, how does your team set up right now? You have a pretty good mixture of uh, upperclassmen, lowerclassmen. How many, how many seniors are we sitting at? I've got six seniors right now that will graduate. And then uh, I've got quite a few sophomores and a couple freshmen that are helping me out. I mean, I think we'll be good, you know, good to go for the next couple of years. Um, don't really have – you know we've got one junior that will that will be a senior next year but i mean that class is you know that class is small so i mean these six seniors right now are big for us i mean that's that was kind of the the thing taking over this year it was a good time to take over because of the six seniors and then the sophomores and freshmen that were coming behind them so i mean if if we were gonna you know make a run it was this year <clears throat> You're right in the hunt. And you, there, you, you I mean, played a you played a pretty tough non district schedule, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we did actually. I mean, uh, you know, we I think we started off like one and six because I mean we and we were getting we were getting railed there for a little while, but I mean it, it was you know, that's always what that's always what I've done. You know, when I was in high school and any other time, you know, you play those big. School and you play those better schools so that you know you, you get better but you it, it it seems like it's it's easier at playing in your district yeah for sure i mean we 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 played some pretty good school you know schools that they're winning their district in in 3a and and things like that and then of course in tournaments you know we played some some 4a schools that are you know, second and third in their districts. So we got some good experience out of that. For sure, for sure. Well, just uh, um, just for the people that don't know, me and Grayson have been – we played together from, what, 12 or 13 all the way up till we got done playing. Um, yeah. And he was, a, he was a catcher. What do you take – because as long as I can remember, dude, you've been calling games behind the plate. It yeah, and you were a you were one of those field generals that you knew everything that was going on at all times. You knew how to call a game, even at an early age. I I remember that. But you've you've always kind of done that. What do you kind of take from that to now coaching your own team? Um, man, <clears throat> I don't know if that necessarily if I've taken anything from that, you know. But I mean just game management i mean that you, you <clears throat> when you're back there behind the plate you see everything so you know of course you know you know what's going on I, I guess i guess i've tried to make sure that i see everything that i can see you know i've got a couple guys that that on the mound you know i've got a senior right now that i've actually let him start calling his own games pitching wise um I've got a sophomore catcher, so, you know, I've told him a couple of times, hey, use 
use our brains together, you know, because you know how I've been calling it. But, you know, it's it's your idea first. You got the best idea. And then, you know, if he shakes you off, he's got a better idea. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, you know, being a, being a catcher, you know, that kind of, you you have a little bit more of a sense of things so you kind of know i guess you know how the field moves when things happen i you know i don't know how else to explain it really but no i was was just i was just yeah i was just curious because i just you know you you were so good back there defensively and and being able to manage games and stuff so i was just curious um but yeah so this is your this is your first year as a head coach right Yes, well, this is my first here. year as head coach here. Yeah, yeah here. You were at Falk before that. Kind of uh, give us a little insight. We had a head coach on here uh, last week, and he's kind of, you know, to kind of dummy things down and, and look into kind of inning by inning and not looking at so much of the big picture. They kind of had some some things they try to hit every inning as far as, you know, no two out errors, no throwing errors, things of that nature. Do you have anything like that that y'all kind of – or some things that you just guys just try to hang your hat on? Well, um, you know, I was always taught by my head coach at Pleasant Grove, uh, Craig Jones, you know, that we always hung our hat on defense, number one. I mean, that coach, um, you know, he was big pitching in defense. And so that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we work on here, um, I t- sure that that you know if we can't get anything done else done in practice that we're taking care of pitching defense um and something that we started in the middle of the year um and i actually got it from jermaine mitchell at dangerfield um when we played them early on he had told me about it he said that they uh each game they start out with 42 sprints and and in order to get those 42 sprints off they have to do certain things throughout the game and so i kind of just you know i I pulled that in mid-season and said we're going to do that too and uh i didn't really know what to call it i mean i could have called it just 42 sprints but i called it the jackie robinson rule Mm -hmm. because it was it was 42 and uh you know there's there's some things in there offensively like hits and runs and and, and things like that, but most of the things are defensive, like uh, error innings, one, two, three. It's just plays that, you know, not routine plays, but things that where a kid's going out of his way to, to make a play. Um, Absolutely. You know, and then a lot of the other things that we work on, you know, is, is like picks and bunk coverages. We work on that a lot, things that are going to come up, you know, routinely in games. Um, you know, that, that's a lot of the stuff that we really work on that I hang my hat on is, you know, cause hitting is going to be hot and cold sometimes. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I know that and, story. And so as long <laughs> yeah. as scoring runs, we've got a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, me and me and Zane used to talk about it all the time with our little kids is, is if we go out there and score seven runs, but then give up seven, we've done absolutely nothing. Like yeah. you better be able to play some defense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so with that being said, all right, here we go. Def- defense, hanging your hat on defense. 
hitting yes. is, hitting is hot and cold, and we know that it's, um, you know, that's going to come and go, especially high school kids. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to see somebody's dude on Tuesday, and you know somebody's number two on Friday, and you liable to hit the number one and not the number two, or vice versa. That's just part of the game, right? Um, right. So, um, but just kind of uh, kind of where you guys are at right now. Um, got one more regular season game. Hopefully, you wrap that up. Um, hitting the playoffs, kind of hitting stride. Um, you know, kind of what are what are your what's kind of what's the what are you looking for moving forward? I know everybody, of course, the logical answer is everybody wants a deep playoff run, but sometimes that's not always possible. But kind of what are you looking for out of your kids moving forward right here in this as you get into the playoffs? Man, I just I just want to play good baseball. You know, I mean, I, I know that there are some teams out there that are probably just as good or better than we are. And I know, you know, it, it could come to an end at any time, but I just, I, I want them to, to realize and, and, and feel good about the work they've put in. Absolutely. And, and just play well. I mean, you know, with, with us being at a small school, you know, we hadn't really even talked about that yet, but, being at a small school, you know, there's there's so many different things, and it's so hard to get everybody out here that, you know, every single day, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, we've, we've worked so hard around those things, and we've put in so much extra work. I mean, I got guys coming up here at 9 o'clock at night sometimes wanting to hit the cage. Mm-hmm. And and guys coming up here on Saturdays and Sundays and and just I just I, I want them to play so that they know there's no regret. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I just had this conversation last night because my daughter's well, yeah, over the weekend my daughter's team got beat out in the first round. And you know, it, it, it's hard when they start when they come off the field. You know, we've been there, right? You know, Zane's yeah. been there. We've been there when the season ends and. Unfortunately, only one team can hold up the trophy at the end, but it's it's one of those deals what they don't understand. I posted on Facebook, but what they don't realize, and they will later on in life, is you're just trying to get one more week with your teammates. That's all it is. Yeah. And yeah. I know for me and you, we played for the, you know, heck, we played for how many ever years together, and I remember the last time we hung the cleats up with the, with the Texas County Indians, you know what I'm saying? You, you, were, you were done playing, and I had one more – season at Eastfield and we were done but it's one of those deals where you look back and I'm like you just you don't know when it's coming to an end because you know no one no one warns you for that no, you know what I'm saying no. it just it happens and if I could tell something to these kids is just embrace it live in the moment and 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 have no regrets because all, all you're trying to do is get one more week with your teammates and because that's that stuff that you'll never forget play and, and I think that's kind of where we turned it around you know in the middle we had lost two big ones to to uh, Maud and McLeod, you know, right there at the last part of the first round of district. And, you know, we were kind of down about it, but it, and I think I think really where it, it kind of turned around, we went and played. Uh, you know, we've got some one A schools in our district, and so we've got to play them throughout the season. And and we went and played one of those one A schools that you know. It, it seems like everybody beats them by 15, 16 runs every time, whatever it is. You know, they're just overmatched. But 
you know, we, we won five to two and probably had the worst game we've had all year. And, you know, I, I was, I was, I didn't know what to say really. And, you know, it was on a Tuesday night and Wednesday, I just kind of said, Hey, we're, we're taking the day off. I'm, I'm coaching you guys too hard. We're having too much practice. You know, y'all go take the day off and y'all think about things. And, and we came back the next day and, and I just told him, I said, listen, you don't get, you don't get this time back with, with these guys that are standing here. Mm-mm. You know, you sophomores, you won't play with these seniors. You seniors, you won't play with these sophomores. You seniors, you won't play with, you know, your, your friends after this. This is it, you know. And, and I think that's kind of where we turned everything around and went on a, you know, a big six-game winning streak after that. But, yes. you know, just like what you were saying, you don't get that time back. No, yes. you don't. Yeah, sometimes that's a powerful message, too. I mean, I, I remember, you know, even just uh, back to my tennis days, man, nobody can prepare you. I, dude, I was I was over-prepared. And, dude, when you talk about having that moment where I'm walking out of a, I'm walking out of the tennis court and I just got beat by somebody that I know I'm capable of just absolutely annihilating and I just made costly mistakes and I'm walking out, I'm hanging my head down, and my coach comes up to me and says, did you learn anything today? I said, yeah, I learned quite a bit today. He said, don't forget this moment right here because when you come back next year, I want you to remember every bit yeah, of that. Yeah. And it's powerful. It is. You know, if you don't have that guy that sits there and tells you, hey, just embrace whatever is going on right now, the good or the bad, because there's something to be learned from this moment right here to prepare you for the next yeah. one. Yeah. No doubt. You tell, the, you tell those yeah, kids. Yeah, I mean, you, they, and they don't realize it sometimes. They just don't. I, I mean, I remember like us playing. I remember when I was a freshman playing on bars. I thought I was good. And, you know, my sophomore year, I kind of just laxed it back a little bit and just played and didn't try to get any better because I thought I was good. And and I had to catch back up junior and senior year. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want those guys to do that. No. That's the deal. We we've talked about this before. We're not trying to, we're not trying to, to live through those guys, but we're trying to teach them some of the stuff we did the right way, um, and then also teach them some some yeah, of the stuff basic. we did the wrong way. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't do it this way because I've, already, I've yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, because because you know what you did wrong. I mean, it, listen to ourselves talk. You know they don't understand. There we go. Yeah, but it's just it's just about it's just about trying to teach these kids the you know, the right way to do things and, and also teach them how we've possibly done it wrong in the past and just continuing to, to get better and point them in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem admitting things that I've done wrong in the past if it if it helps, you know, change somebody else's life or keep them from doing it. No doubt. No doubt. So... I mean that's just part of it. You gotta you gotta tell people, and they just don't they don't get it. Sometimes they don't totally see where they're where they look past it. You know. Oh, for sure. So, is there anything that's kind of like influenced you in your coaching journey? Like anything, you know, that you that you hang your hat on that's like you know you've applied to your coaching coaching style or coaching coaching players. I kind of heard some of that, but what'd you say again? 
Is there anything that you've like, you know, anything that you, you hang your hat on, like you've learned or like you've taken from either, I don't know, like a book or like a podcast or anything that you've hung your hat on? You're like, you know what, I'm going to apply that to my to my coaching style that you just um, felt like is taking you to another level. Yeah. You know, there's with with me being at a small school, um, <clears throat> you know, I listen to some of those other podcasts like, uh, uh, you know, the mental performance with Brian Kane and and the hard 90 with Zach Sorensen and things like that. And those are both great. And there was, uh, one thing that kind of related really well to, you know, being at a small school. And he said, uh, one of them said, uh, you know, do a lot, a little, not a little, a lot mm-hmm. or, or no, it was, it was do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, with, with me missing kids because of, ag and track and and things like that you know i kind of had to really tone tone it down about what we were going to be good at Mm -hmm. and uh you know so i just decided early on that you know we were going to be good at pitching and defense and we were going to be good at base running and and if and if we could practice those things a lot then we could you know keep people from scoring runs and then score as many runs as we could possibly score moving up and stealing bases and, and, you know, running the bases well. So, I mean, those, that's, that's one of the things that's helped me a lot this year. Yeah. We talk, we talk a lot about that. Just kind of having two or three things kind of hang your hat on and base running seems to be one of the ones that a lot of people. um, Yeah. You know, I told my guys early on, I said, um, I said we were going to work on base running every single day, and and we were going to steal a hundred bases this year. And and they kind of looked at me crazy when I said we were going to steal a hundred bases because, you know, when you do the math on that, it's just not not quite. It doesn't seem feasible when you only got twenty games. Mm-hmm. But you know, we've we've eclipsed the hundred base mark uh, already, and you know, I got one guy right now that's got twenty. 24 and i mean he's dead set on on breaking the whatever the stolen base record is for the school you know that's his goal mm-hmm. and 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 instilling that in them early on you know that's kind of pushed them to to get better at that and i'm you know i'm <clears throat> i'm proud of them for that oh for sure and, and i tell you what and it's it's crazy we've had a bunch of people on and everybody talks about base running but i remember when i played how little we worked on that but it seems like it's kind of changing over the years that most a lot of people are really focusing on base running, which well, is rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, you just you don't realize how how quickly base running can turn an inning around. Okay. I mean, until you, until it actually happens to you while you're on defense. Yeah, no, exactly. That's <laughs> what uh, Tyler Gillum was always what he says is pressure, pressure burst pipes. Yeah, I mean, and then and then when it starts happening, you go, you go, man, I wish we could do that. And you go, we got to fix that because I mean, when you get hit with, with a you know a, a dirt ball read after a guy gets on, and then you know the guy gets real big and steals third, all of a sudden, it don't take much for them to score that one run. No, no, a little little poke shot to second baseman. That's it. Yeah. The percentage goes up so so big when you get to third with less than two outs. I mean, you know, and I'm not opposed to 
I'm not opposed to even even bunting with one out to get a guy to third. There you go. Well, just so that we've got a. I mean, high school baseball. You know, there's pass balls and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I think Tyler has a love hate relationship with the bunting. Game. I have a I have a huge love hate relationship with bunting. Um, with bunting. Yes, man. Now again, if you had asked me this question ten years ago, I would have told you that I absolutely love bunting. I think it's the greatest thing ever. But over time. I've been one of those that, like, I whether I'm coaching or watching games and I see so many runners stranded at second base because, like, you get the leadoff runner on and you lay down a bunt to move them to second. And this is where I get my love-hate relationship with bunting is if there's runners on second and third and we're trying to move them, I'm good there. I am I don't like the runner on first, no outs, and giving them out to get a guy to second because I see so many times somebody gets stranded. Now – could we yeah. could we could we also strand them at first? Yeah, you could. Um, but again, I'm also not a coach, so um, you know I'm, I'm not well, on the day to day where I'm like, okay, we probably need to bunt because we've striking out. You know, we've struck yeah. out 47 times in the past three. You know, what I'm saying I'm not there on a daily basis, right, um, right. to understand that. I just I know when I watch my kids play and run around first, and we land a bunt at second, and then you get a you know you get a pop up and a strikeout, and you're like, God dang it! Like, what if that one other person that we took the bat out of their hand? You know, I'm big on it with runners on second and third. I'm not so much with runner on first, but that's just my love hate relationship. With I mean, thing. I'll do it if I absolutely feel like we have to, but. You know, if I get a runner on first, I'm gonna try to steal second first. I agree. I see, and see, and, this is and, one and thing then, too. You know. Yeah, and this is one thing too. I I don't see a lot of anymore. I don't see a lot of hit and run going on anymore. Well, we don't we don't well, see that in our league because we don't have to. I, I well, do I something that. different here. I do something different here. We don't hit and run. We actually we rip and run. Ah. So so instead of forcing that kid, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to teach a high school kid to to hit it to the opposite side on the ground. So I just, I, I call it rip and run where they're, they're swinging and they're driving whatever pitch it is, whether it's on the ground, in the gap, you know, it, it sometimes it ends up being a, a fly out or something like that. But, um, you know, that's kind of where you get people moving around in the field when you're stealing already. Yes. So, you know, we put it in place somewhere and, you know, things have worked out pretty well with that. No, I, I actually like that idea a lot better. Because, yeah, I, I know when I first got to college, man, and they were like, all right, hit and run, go opposite field. I'm like, do what? Like, I, I, I think I naturally always hit the ball opposite field, so it wasn't that hard for me. But it's like when I tried to do it, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're talking about you being in you're talking about you being in college baseball. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about high school kids. That this is probably it for them. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, that, it, and so that's why I like what you – I like the rip and run a lot better than hit and run because I know it was hard for me to even grasp hit and run because you're trying to be – it's almost like you're trying to be too fine with it. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. I kind of like that mindset you have of just cutting it loose. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you get a, you get a lot of things too like with the kids that, you know, haven't done a lot of hit and runs, you know – when you try to get them say, oh, we need this ball on the ground to the right side or to the left side, they start trying to manipulate balls and start trying to figure out how to push balls and totally change their swing. 
in order to try to hit a ball like that rather than yeah and it also forces people to swing the bat you know yeah i mean it just it you know and it doesn't necessarily have to be on the first pitch hell they might throw a ball the, the first pitch and then you go all right well they're going to try to throw a strike here so yeah. you know you call it then and then you know you force people to swing the bat and you know good things happen there oh yeah that's what i tell them if you don't swing the bat there's a hundred percent chance you're not hitting the ball that's right <laughs> it's, it's you know it's like my it's like my kid that's got the 20 24 stolen bases you know his batting average isn't great but he he rarely strikes out you know he puts the ball in play and he's got you know almost 30 runs on the year and he's batting two something mm -hmm. but it's because he puts the ball in play he gets on he puts pressure on people and you know he he gets himself into those spots where he can score mm -hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah Hey, so this is kind of a this is kind of a staple here on the podcast. If you're in the kitchen or you're man in the grill, what's the go-to dinner? Well, I'll probably have to go with what I just did. I just got done eating a ribeye steak. There you go. Yeah, ribeye steak and, and hush puppies. Oh, oh there's a curveball. <laughs> yeah, I just swung and missed on that one. Probably threw everybody for a loop right there. <laughs> Hush puppies with a ribeye, dude. I, I still think a ribeye is the best cut of steak on the planet. I do too. I, do I too. think it's the best cut of steak ever. Dude, ribeye's the best, dude. I I love a ribeye steak, man. You can keep the sirloin, man. You keep all this extra garbage, man. I want bone out. I don't want. I don't want the bone we, on on a ribeye. We feed the kids sirloin, dude. <laughs> get, them, get them that. Uh... The ribeyes for us, and we feed the kids the sirloin. There you go. There you That's go. Right. Yeah, you just absolutely threw a curveball on the hush puppies. Yeah. I, I can wear some hush puppies out, though. Hey, I like hush puppies, man. I like me some hush puppies. That's how I keep lie. my physique. Hey, hey <laughs> you, you got to dip it in the steak juice. Oh, yeah, that's where there it's you at go. Right there. That is where it's at. You Are you, uh, what kind of seasoning are you throwing on that steak? What kind of seasoning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, some liquid smoke and some garlic and pepper. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's it. That's all you need. I mean, I mix it up here and there, but oh, no. we, that's about we... the go-to right there. S&P's all right for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, are we a steak sauce person or no steak sauce? No steak sauce. There you go. There you go. There uh, Classic. No steak sauce and medium rare. There it is. Medium rare. No, I can't do See, medium I can't rare. Do it. I want it where a good vet can't bring it back to life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like my medium, medium to medium well. Medium rare is a little too. Yeah, like my brother. Like, no, my uncle says just, you know, how do you want it fixed? Like, I just kind of want you to hurt its feelings a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my brother, it's just like cut the horns, wipe, wipe its, its butt, <laughs> yeah. and put it on the plate. Yeah. I can't do that. She'd knock yeah. off its horns, wipe its ass, yeah, and throw it on the plate. Oof. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I definitely don't like it rare. Medium, medium well at, at most. I do not like a well done steak. I mean, if you're going to burn the thing. You may as well not be enjoying. You might as well have done beef jerky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, for sure. I've heard my uncle even say, uh, "I kind of wanted to take its last move on my plate." <laughs> no, no, I'm out on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want any cow looking at me and mooing no, back at me, dude. No, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. Oh man, well, dude, it's been great having you on, man. Yeah, man, I hey, I appreciate you coming on, and I know we kind of had to move some stuff around to make it happen, but hey, good luck the rest of the way. Um, I'll be keeping up, and we'll be in touch. 
You got it, man. I'll right. let you know how we do. Yeah, Absolutely. Please do. Thank you, Coach. All right, man. I appreciate it, guys. Take care, bud. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Yeah, thanks to Grayson for coming on. We appreciate that. Um, now switch gears a little bit. Rangers won a couple of games lately. Starting to show some signs. Start that they're, show that they're some still signs. a baseball team. Yeah. That's relevant. That's relevant. You know, they <laughs> still somewhat of a baseball team. They took two or three of the Braves. I think the Braves are, you know, Acuna's still trying to come back. You know, he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's back, but, you know, it takes a little while. You, you don't just walk out there and just start dropping Yeah, tanks. and the Braves are they're defending – Defending champs. That's there. That's no slouch. I mean, that's no, something. That no, no, they're still. They're going. They're going to throw a good lineup out there. And um, I tell you what, though, watching the Rangers lately, I don't watch them every night just because our schedules are crazy. But when I do watch them, I, I can tell you what. The other night when they played the Astros, they were stroking balls just right at people. Yeah. And they've cut down on their strikeouts quite a bit from last year. So to me, that's a good sign that's going the right direction. Um, starting pitching's been a lot better. And when I say a lot, it, it's still not good, but right. it's a lot better than what it was earlier. They're at least getting into the fourth or fifth inning. Um, and the bullpen's been fairly steady. So I think they're on the right track. Um, again, are they going to win 100 games? Heck no. No. But can they win more than they did last year? Probably. We sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would just like them to see them go off on a run, dude. You know, like they. That'd be nice. I think there's a few years from that, though, still. I think we need to get a few more pitchers in here. Yeah. For I that just, to happen. I just can't get over the fact that, like, you know, the Rangers were so competitive for what I thought was better part of six or seven years. And then it just, the bottom fell out. Well, I'll tell you what happens, too, is is when they were making those runs, what were they having to do at the All-Star? Or, I mean, at the trade deadline. They're getting veterans and giving up prospects. Yep. But you have to do that in baseball to make those runs, right? But what happens is when you're continuously making those runs, eventually the farm system up. dries up. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the Yankees kind of went through a dry spell. You know, they weren't the Yankees of old. Well, now they're coming back into prominence because of they didn't do that. Those years that the Rangers and everybody – were like the Royals, mm-hmm. you know, these these teams that, you know, haven't had the history of success that, say, like your Yankees did. Well, the Yankees could have – they could buy anything they want, but they yeah. didn't yeah. because they would have had, you know, to kind of give up some, some prospects and, you know, done some things like that, and they didn't. And so now they've held on to their farm system, and now they're kind of back into a little bit of, you know, relevance, and, you know, you kind of have to talk about them when you start talking about, you know, playoff baseball teams. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, things like that. And the, and the Rangers sure. started, what, 2-9. and nine. Now they're 8-14, and 14, so they're, you know, 6-5. and five. I know that's not great, but <laughs> Still. it's 500 ball. What, what was a crazy stat the other day is they were playing a little under 500 on the road, but as of, as of uh, f- I guess, Friday night, they were like 2-8 and eight or 2-9 and nine at the house. Yeah, like, in the whole deal in Major League Baseball, they say – be five you want to be 500 on the road but you want yeah. to you want to win more hunting but now luckily they took two or three from the Braves so <clears throat> you know that'll help that a little bit but they're on the right track but yeah when you start drying up that farm system and when again then when you're winning you're picking later on in the draft and you didn't they didn't hit on some some but when you say hit in major league baseball in the draft those dudes are five, six years away. Like it's there's yeah. very rarely are somebody going to come up right now and help out. And luckily, 
they went from having one of the top farm systems to having one of the worst, and now they're back in the top ten. Yeah. So I think they're trending in the right direction, and they, they, they basically either last year, or the year before, completely cleared house coaching staffs in the minor leagues to get everybody on the same page. Sure. So I think that helps, but again, it just takes time. Yeah. Um, and of course, as fans, we don't want that time, but you know, they paid Simeon a ton of money. Simeon hasn't done much this year, so I think he'll get hot. Um, Seager has been decent. He hasn't been great. Um, but then you have those other guys chiming in for the time being. And, you know, 8 and 14 is not great, but uh, there's probably worse. So No, there's, there's always can always be the Marlins or somebody like that, I guess. Yeah, I just, like I said, I, I, you know, of course I'm naturally a homer when I do watch baseball. It's got to be the Rangers, right? Like, yeah. And if, other than the Kansas City Royals because, you know, my wife's from from Kansas. So, but it's it, between them two, man. Like it, th- those are the two teams I follow. But but it it seems amazing to me, and I get the fact that they got to trade and give up, you know, prospects for for veterans and things like that. But dude, to be in two World Series and be a runaway from a World Series and both of them, <laughs> I mean, it's just heartbreaking. One strike away. Yeah, one strike away. Whatever. Yeah, it's and just, one of I them. mean, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, that still hurts the soul. That one's. That one's not going to go away. No, not until they make a run again. Again, I still think we're a couple years away, but that's how baseball is. It's, it's. If I tell you what, though, I was at the Rangers game Sunday, and when they announced Ron Washington because he's a third base coach for the yeah, Braves, for the Braves, that yeah. place went nuts. Of like course that it guy's did. still so loved here. Yeah, um, dude. But look at what he accomplished with the Rangers. Dude. Yeah, but like, you, I mean, you, you got to see what he accomplished him? with the Braves. Like that dude's phenomenal. Like, I heard the lady on Bally Sports the other day was like, if I had one person that I could only talk baseball with the rest of my life, it would be Ron Washington. She said that. So, and, and, I so mean, let me ask you a question then. If you had an opportunity to bring him back, do you bring him back? Probably not at this point because he's like 70 years old. And yeah, but dude, I, you, you still got a baseball well, mind. I, I know. I agree. You know I, mean? I agree. You don't um, lose that until you start I, losing I, your mind, right? And <laughs> here's my deal. They're in a tough spot because I – I don't think you could bring him back as a base coach, right? Because everybody's going to want to do what Ron Washington did. And I kind of think he likes his gig. Oh, where no he's doubt. A, he's a no he's doubt. he's a one of the I don't know what's the word I'm looking for most revered infield coaches that there are mm. in all of baseball. Yeah, and you know that's kind of his that's kind of his gig with I used, Atlanta. Yeah. You know, is you know, is kind of as their infield coach coordinator, but you know, is also the third base coach. But yeah, but yeah, I used he's, to love, he's known as an infield guy. I used to love watching him every time the runners would run base, oh, yeah. he'd stand, hold on, he'd, <laughs> yeah. he'd be jogging his legs, dude, just getting so excited. Watch, yeah. run, run, go, 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 go. And like, I'll tell you one thing, Clay, man. Another thing about what, and again, I, I didn't go to a Rangers game last year, but watching Major League Baseball in person. Dude, they get so creative with these shifts. Like one time, Nate Lowe's batting, and they're straight up. Well, as soon as he got two strikes, they put the shift on. Right. And, but it's so weird. One time they would go second base into short right field, short behind the bag, third playing short. But then I look up one about, and they had switched short and third. But then I look up again, and Austin Riley is where the second baseman was. Shortstop stayed home, and the second baseman's behind the bag. It's so crazy how they're getting so creative with these shifts. I, I need to go to a baseball game with y'all 
and have you point out things. You know what I mean? Right, I think no. I would. I think I would grasp it easier seeing it when you point it out. Right. Because that's just how I, that's just how I learned, man. It's the same way I learned when I when I got here when I you know moved here and I started watching football. I was able to see things when people were pointing them out to me, and then I'd start to see them before they happened. Mm-hmm. I'd start to be able to read coverages before they happened because I had somebody talking me through it mm-hmm. as it was happening. Dude, I caught on to football almost immediately, mm-hmm. and now I'm, I'm dude. <laughs> but, but that's like when I watch football on TV. Like when I was coaching, you weren't taught to watch – you know, the guys running around, you're taught to watch the linemen. They'll tell you if it's a run play or a pass play. Yeah. So when I watch games, I'll key on those linemen. You know, if they're mm-hmm. pulling now, of course, you get so many influence blocks where they're influence well, blocks where they're pulling and they're actually and then you have passing and, and you yeah. got in it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think baseball, it's cool to watch it in person because I have not, besides, you know, my nine year old, 13 year old, my sophomore in high school, like I haven't watched, you know, a major league baseball game in a while um in person yeah um, but it was pretty neat to go see um i love the state that's the first time i've ever been there i've never been yet i loved it like i know people have said stuff about it dude i loved it it was freaking awesome i love how the setup is i love kind of how they changed some some of the stuff and i thought it was great wow um i really did um but you know speaking of baseball dude this is something we really need to think about right May 25th through the 29th, the Big 12 baseball tournament's yes. there. Go Here? watch college baseball. Yeah, they're doing it at Rangers Ballpark or really? whatever it's called. May 25th through the 29th, so you're going to get the Big 12 they baseball. Call, they, start a, they still call it Globe Life Field? No, it's no? called Rangers Ballpark, right? Isn't that Globe Life? I still think. So glo- they, the old they, Globe Life Field is now like Choctaw Park or something. Yeah, they got they all had rugby there stuff. today. Yeah. They had rugby going on. Dude, today. They got I still all think crazy there's some there. Globe Life, Globe Life Field. No, I, no, I still think Globe, Globe Life's Life attached to it somehow Park. because who was it? Globe Life Field before? Yeah, it was wasn't it Globe Life Field or Globe Life Park? Maybe it's Globe, Globe Life, Park, Life Park now. But yes, Globe Life is still attached. Now that I think about that. Yeah, because they're talking about because they do. Whatever Globe Life does, they do like uh, life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I'd love to go to the Big Twelve tournament, man. Yeah, that'd be pretty. We awesome. went and saw. I've seen like high school baseball there. I went last year, like when IMG Academy was there, and then uh, that's you know Coach Sonato was Coach Sonato was coaching South Grand Prairie, and then we went and watched Oklahoma State and. Uh, uh, BYU there. There you go. That was awesome because there wasn't that many people. And there. I noticed that today, or when I went to the game, on the they have the how fast it's coming off the bat. The oh wow, the how far it traveled, and then the the uh, angle that it goes off. Oh at. really? The launch they have angle. The, wow. Did, so they have it up there. So like. They got I forget who it was. Someone smoked one. It, it's dead center. It's 407. He hits it 401, 23.6 degree launch angle. Perfect. Hits it like 103 or 102 miles an hour, something like that. And what's crazy, I'm sitting there, if he gets to that 25 degree launch angle, that ball's parked, right? Well, let me do the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And But then you see one that... He gets that 25-degree launch angle, but he only hits it like 84 miles an hour. Right. And, of course, you know, there's a curveball, and he kind of flicked it out there, and it goes 284 or whatever. And, again, 
I'm not a big launch angle person. I like I don't teach it per se, but there's something to it, right? Like that's why they the, all this analytical stuff they do. There's something to it, mm-hmm. you know. And I was, yeah. I was listening to a interesting podcast, and the guy basically kind of alluded to the same thing that you know bat speed and you know you know launch angles and things like that sometimes they don't have to make sense you know like a, a good swing oh yeah a good swing is a good swing mm-hmm. it, you know it might only you know come off 84 but if the bat speed's there yeah then it's still gonna go yeah you know um do you see that ball solaire hit the other day i did not 468 came off the bat i'm one sixteen, one seventeen. Woo! Dang. I don't know if that's the. the Thank God he hit it in the air. Highest in the stat cast air or not, but um, that would take somebody's glove off or head. Damn. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. That's that's pretty unreal. Yeah. Mm. No doubt. Those dudes no, are so strong. Wow. Well, so him, big. Him, him in particular. Him in particular. <laughs> that is wow. a that is a big dude right there. Yeah, it is. That is a big well, dude. Shift gears a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Mavericks, bro. Yep. Let's talk about the Mavericks. They got it in six. You said it. I, t- you I, said they were I just, I just want six. you to. I, I, I need to hear it a few more times, though, man. <laughs> you got to. You got to keep regurgitating that in my ear, man. No. They they look good. I, I was I was not expecting the role players to step up like they did. Um, and then when Luca came back, he mm-hmm. did Luca stuff. Yep. Um, which was great to see. Um, I tell you what. I tell you what the difference is from this team in years past. They actually attempt to play defense, and I think. They, you know, in the years past, they score a ton of points and they would not play a lick of defense. Now they're they're pretty solid defensively. They go down there, and again, you know, when they play the Suns coming up, we're gonna find out. Yeah, and the Suns are gonna go. Basketball is all about runs, right? They're gonna mm-hmm. go on their runs. They're gonna. That's part of it. But it's it's can they can they get some stops as needed, um, you know, and then go down there and make some baskets. Um, I'm not sure you can say make baskets anymore in basketball or whatever. Um, they made points. They made points, but, yeah. You know, and I heard on the, the radio today, you know, apparently the corner three is going to be a big deal for the Mavericks against the Suns. Yeah, huge. Get, huge opportunity. Get the get the big dude from the Suns out from underneath the basket. Make, yep. him, go, make him go guard on the perimeter. Um, apparently, uh, Bullock... And the other guy they got with Dinwiddie in that trade, mm-hmm. apparently in corner threes, they're like 48% and like yeah. 50% from corner threes. So Huge. we'll see how that plays out. I, I think they'll give the Suns all they want. I Are they ready to make this run? We're about to find out. Well, um, but I think they're going to give them all they want. I'll tell you, the defensive performance in game five – out of the Mavericks was nothing short of just absolute. For, you can see it in the emotional side of the players, right? So it was fantastic. I mean, you dude, what did they end up winning that game by? Thirty points or something crazy like that? Uh, yeah, dude. It was I mean, a lot. it was it, it was ridiculous. But what people are going to look at that and say that it was just a blowout? That that the percentage of shooting was not great from whatever that they missed baskets. But that's not that's not what was written. What the actual truth was, defensively. They were flustering the other team, dude. I mean, they were flustering them like crazy. Nobody could get a basket through. Passes were being stolen. Running down the other side of the running down the other side of the court, dude, and and playing the ball, playing complimentary basketball. And that is, I think, the last time I saw this was in was in twenty eleven. Yeah, and and 
you know, basketball, playoff basketball, at that is it's all about matchups too. Absolutely. Like, that's the big deal about playoff basketball. It's all about matchups where during the regular season you're going to use nine or ten guys and rotate them through. In the playoffs you're going to use seven, eight, maybe nine. You know what I'm saying? And well, depending and, on how deep the bench yeah, is, and you'll right? see some. So, and you'll see some series guys won't play much, but in the next series they'll play a ton, and it's all about the matchups, absolutely. matchups, and you got the hot hand. Yeah, you you, you got to have a key. You got to have a key six and seven, realistically, mm-hmm. to to make a good a good playoff run. And I think the Mavericks got that. I think yeah. they got seven seven hustlers, at least, um, walking into this playoff series. And I'll tell you one thing's for sure. And and I'm gonna call it right now. I think the Mavericks upset Phoenix in seven. I'm good. I with think that. they beat them on the road in seven. And I say that only because the rotation that I saw in the first round, small to big, balancing both, being able to play effectively without Luca, only makes them better. Makes it makes. It makes a good team great. Yeah. That's what it does. It what? takes teams far in the playoffs when you have complementary basketball where you have people stepping up when you lose your star player and still knowing that you have a chance to win. Yeah. That's and, huge. And you sit there and, you know, the shots don't always travel um, in basketball. But I can tell you one thing. Defense always travels. Absolutely. I've come to the conclusion that Luke always travels. And yeah. as, as, long yeah. as, you, as, as long as you have Luca <clears throat> in defense – those other guys are going to be hit or miss sometimes just because that's the nature of the sport. But as long as Lucas traveling, defense traveling, you'll have a chance. Is you, uh, Booger still hurt? He would strained a – Yeah, he did. Is he still hurt? Booker um, – so I think he'll be back in the series. I think he'll be back for all the games. But if he did miss, maybe he misses game one. But I think he's going to be back ready to go. Yeah. I just, Chris Paul is like – I don't know. He's got to be. There's no telling how old he is, but he still knows how to. Uh, we know how to captain the, the ship. basketball. Yeah, you know oh, he knows been, how to move been the there, ball. Done that. Yeah, he, he's. Yeah. It's like the old quarterbacks will always talk about. He's seen yeah. everything that you can throw at him. Yeah. So you're you're not disguising much. No, with no. that guy, he knows what you're going to do before yeah. you do it. Probably. I mean, look at look at look at what Jason Kidd did for the Mavericks. I mean, he's yeah. seen everything. So. Here but no, I, I tell you what, I've been impressed with, uh, with. Jason Kidd coaching. I think he's done a really good job X's and O's wise. Um but we'll see. We'll see where that, that leads us. Um but I do I, I do think Maver- I think the Mavs have a chance. I really do. I got him an upset in seven. So there you go. I'm calling it here. Put me down. I'll put you down. Yeah. I will put that down. I w- I tell you what else I'm gonna put down. That uh I never threw a hundred and five point five miles an hour in college. Dude. That dude's unreal. Yeah. And I was actually, I was talking to Fussell about it the other day. You know, we had him on a few weeks ago and I was just asking him, I was like, what he, what does he do that's, that's so different that he's able to do that and, you know, these other guys aren't. And obviously size has something to do with it. I mean, you probably don't have an idea of how big that guy is on TV but that kid's an absolute monster. No, he looks like a, a a grown man. You know, he's an absolute monster. And he, he kind of brought up a point. You remember a few years ago, you know, Sabathia went, was, you know, 94, 94, 95. Um, but then he lost all that weight. Yeah. And then lost lost that velo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this guy, 
you know, number one, you know, being that size, but knowing how to use it. Yeah. yeah. And dude, and if you watch that video, it's easy. Yes. That's what's scary about it. Yeah. That's an easy 105. It's like that Gratterall dude that looks like he's just warming up and throwing 100. And For the Dodgers? Yes. Yeah, that's nuts. He yeah. literally looks like he's just playing yeah, catch. It looks like he's just going out there and like throwing, like trying to just start getting loose. Yeah. Like, he's up there <laughs> smoking 101, yeah. 102, and it, and it looks like a Roman candle when he throws it. It's yeah. moving <laughs> everywhere. Um, but well, yeah, that, like that's the deal. And Tennessee's really good, really good. But dude, when you get to that, if they can, if they look out to get to that college world series, and I say look, just because that does play a part. Absolutely, you got to win. You got you got to you got to get hot. You got to hit. You got to swing the stick. You got to pitch well. Because in those regionals and super regionals, you get a bad start from a number one. You you put yourself behind the eight ball. Right. And mm-hmm. now you're having to go deep in the pin. Well, when you got to have some things go your yeah. way. I mean, it is luck. You remember like DBU last year? You know they had, or a couple of years ago they had a big home run. You know, yeah. like you just gotta have some things kind of work yeah. out for you. But I'm telling you right now, if they can get to the College World Series and get six out of a starter, and then they have another guy that's pretty salty too. Oh, they do that. They just kind of they kind of remind me of like Tampa Bay because yeah. they they don't they have another dude that's running up their mid nineties. Yeah, but I don't think people understand like. You don't see 100 in college. You don't. No. Well, I mean, they, and they this got dude's, some dudes. 105. Yes. Now, again, does he live at 105? No, but he still lives above 100. Yeah. And I promise you, there's nobody else in the country that does that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to make a name for himself just from that. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not, that was the fastest pitch recorded in college history. That's yeah. crazy. And, dude. and I mean, they get to, if they get on. to Omaha and you can get five or six and then turn it over to the pin and that guy's on the back end. Like, hey, coach, um, I'm going to get six today instead of three. I'm going to get six outs for you today instead of three. Okay, perfect, great. A little bit of adrenaline rush yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. And just dialing them up. Here's 102. Here's 103. And I'm going to assume you can't hit it. Well, that and here's this 96-mile-an-hour slider. Yeah. And you just you just don't see that in college. And it, I, I can only imagine what that looks like. Um like me and you talk about hitting's hard. Hitting's really hard, and uh, especially when it's coming that fast and well, it has and the, a wiggle in it. Well, that yeah, <laughs> we've got a little bit of a wiggle in it, and that's what people don't understand. You know the ninety makes eighty look like batting practice. Mm-hmm. Hundred makes ninety look like ninety's still getting there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. you've seen a hundred like ninety's kind of like. Oh yeah, okay. I, I guess this is cool. This is, uh, this is all right, you know. Yeah. Like that's the same reason why they have a pretty strategic divider in golf below 105 and above 105. The difference below 105 to having a swing speed above 105 is astronomically different. Yeah. I'm somewhere around 109 to 111, and it is immensely different from a distance perspective. How much better the ball will fly in the air. Just from that, and it's the same. And just to give people some thing. sort of idea, it's about 120, 140 <laughs> yard difference. Yeah. Just to let people know, if they wanted to know, that's what it is. I mean, it's huge, dude. And it's it same, is it's like the same thing. That difference pitching. we're talking about is actual. It's an actuality. Yes, I've got, a, I've got it, a number for you. Yes, <laughs> I do. And and it's I can tell 138 you, yards. Yeah. 138.5 yards. It is. It is. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's my shot number two is just now landing where his first one landed. Yeah. Like that's the difference, and 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 that goes back to someone that can knows what they're doing, someone that doesn't know what they're doing. But um, it's yeah. got to be the same in pitching though when you're seeing it come in, right? 
Like you can, you know, when you've hit one off the end of the bat, right? You know this this ball's gone. It's the same thing in golf. You know when you've hit it right, and yeah. you know where it's going. It's got to be the same coming in as a pitch. You know, oh my gosh, I've never seen yeah, this the, before. The only the it's only difference so sometimes quick. with pitching is you will get those guys that you know throw ninety ninety two, but it's like it has that second gear and it sneaks up on you. Yeah. So um, so that happens where it'll like get to that cut of the grass and the dirt. And it's like it hits another gear and it'll kind of jump by you. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. That that I didn't expect from? that. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys have live arms. Yeah. You know, I've, I've we used to have a kid that played for us, and the, the crazy thing about this kid was he's about 5'5", five five, but he threw about 94. And and it was one of those things. That was like I remember warming him up. It was like the first time in my life that I've been like – not I wasn't scared, but that was the first time in my life that, you know, being on that end of it, and seeing somebody that really, really, truly had that late life on a fastball, that late movement, that late jump, that late life, but you know, not from a hitter standpoint, just yeah. playing catch with it, yeah. like, it, and it kind of it startled me mm-hmm. because like that thing was on me, you know, like I saw him throw it, and then like the next thing I know, that thing's just on top of me, mm-hmm. you know, and like we talk about like when I cut a ball loose. Like, I'm I'm cutting it loose, but you could see that I'm cutting it loose. Yeah. Like this guy, like oh, he's trying to throw hard. Like when he did it, it was just kind of like an effortless thing. You see that ball coming, you're tracking it, and then this is the next thing you know that it's just on top of you. Mm-hmm. Kind of reading um, body movement. To, oh yeah, I mean it's yeah. A, it's it's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um. You know, but going back to like what you were saying is that. You know, it's just how these people have figured out how to organize their body and how to use their body because. You know, for the for the most part, like we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, most pitchers, you know, do like they're they're you know just how they leverage their body, like how how Degrom can sit at one you know hundred one oh one, you know, but somebody the same build you know as him and the same doing the same thing, you know, is only sitting at like 94, 95, yeah. like mm-hmm. how they figure out how to leverage their body and how to yeah, use their body and just the things have changed in baseball. Everybody's getting bigger, faster, stronger naturally. Um, but man, using your body, that's the key. And like, I think that's where I run into when I give hitting lessons is there's so many, Oh, just throw your hands at the ball. Oh, just turn your wrist and just, the fact of the matter is, you like I could tell kids all the time, you don't bench 300 pounds. You cannot throw your hands at the ball. It's not going to go anywhere. Like, you have to use your body. Yeah. Your hands are going to go, but you have to use your body. Well, that's what we talk about all the time. Like, the the benefit, like what we tell our kids, you know, you know, we, we joke around about it, but I'm being serious about it, that swing hard in case you hit it. Like, that go for broke mentality. I tell kids all the time, like, hey – like I wasn't a great hitter. I was like, I tell you what, my school's paid for. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a living testament to the fact that you can have a few strikeouts under your belt, but if you can draw good iron and you put some good at bats together, and, yeah, you know, and you're pretty consistent at putting putting the barrel on the ball and hitting the ball on the screws when you do hit it. Mm-hmm. There's a place for you. Yeah, yeah. Play a little defense. Yep. You know, and that's like we talk about. We have these young kids. And like yours and ours in particular, you know, they swing the piss out of it. Mm-hmm. They might not hit it on the screws every single time, but 
you know, what might be a little duck fart for another kid that gets caught, you know, our kids, just the fact that they swing just a little bit harder, you know, gets that ball over the kid's head. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's just the thing. Like, well, it might not. Just think when you take your half swing, your three-quarter swing, to when you take your full one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And look how much more yardage you get. Yeah. Like, I feel the same way when you're swinging. Like, you can swing for contact, but I'm, Maddox just played 60-90 this past weekend for the first time in his life. Um, you better swing the stick. Yeah. You better get it on the screws. Yeah. Um, these little dinks and dunks uh, are outs. Yeah. And you better swing it like a grown man. Yeah. And if you're not going to, you better figure it out in a hurry. Yeah. Like this Somebody's this just flicking the bat at the ball. Um, now that is a 125-foot pop-up. That is a 200-foot pop-up. Like – if yeah. you're going to get out, let's run one. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, or let's hit it hard. Make them make a play. Yeah, make them work. Um, but, you know, yeah. I'm just – because I know that you, you'll you take a half swing or a three-quarter oh, yeah. swing and a full swing. But And you know the difference in that distance. Yeah, And it's sure. the same thing in Baylor. You can't – that's why I'm not a big two-strike approach guy. Like, yes, I don't like strikeouts. And for some reason my kids strike out a bunch. Maybe I'm an idiot hitting coach. But, like, um, I just – I just don't believe in dialing it back just to put a ball in play. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense to me. I think that situation is very few and far between. Mm-hmm. If I've got less than two outs and a runner on third base and i got two strikes, I'm still debatable Yeah. yeah. if I'm still going to try to run one out into the outfield well, or be- if I'm going to try to hit that ground ball to second base. You know, given the pitch, if he throws me a slider down, you know, down in a way, then I can put my bat on it. Yeah, I might take that little ground out to second base. For sure. But if he runs something up there that I can get a swing off, I'm still trying to run that ball over the fence. Yeah. Because you know what it. else works besides that ground ball to second base? A ball in the gap or a ball over the fence. For sure. <laughs> like, For sure. And that's yeah. my that's my deal. It's just like there there are times where, hey, that ground ball to second is great. It, it, there is. But, like, my deal is, like, if you go 0 for 4 with 4Ks – or 0 for 4 with four pop flies or mm. two pop flies and two ground balls, like, you're still out. You're still 0 for 4. You're yeah. still 0 for 4 and you're still out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, believe me, I, I get tired of seeing my kids strike out. But um, my deal is, like, I don't I don't understand. Like, could you dial back and dink one over for a base that you could, but I could also get my swing off and run one in the gap? Well, I mean, you know, just – this kind of goes back to what we talk about getting our swing off mm-hmm. nine that's typically going to work out in our favor mm-hmm. because I, I have seen it happen that we're not trying to hit ground balls to second base but because we're aggressive in putting swings on a ball that i still end up getting that ground ball to second base and it's not a little weak shot mm-hmm. you know i'm still still barreling it up it's still a ground ball to second base it's still an out but i get to still get that rbi yeah and there wasn't a swing cutback. No. And now now if I catch it off the end or off the hands, now that ball will flip out for a base hit. Flip out for you know a base saying? hit or still accomplish the goal yes. that we're trying to accomplish Correct. anyways. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And so I'm, I'm I, a living testament. Nobody wants a dude that hits there's, singles. singles. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen some things like, you know, maybe, you know, the what – was it? what's that guy that choke up? Spread out. What is it? He calls it the three Bs or four Bs yeah, or something well, like that. There's a lot of people have different ways on two strike, like choke and poke. And I've heard well, I've scoot seen, up, scoot, scoot in, scoot up, choke up, and spread out or something. And like spread that. And yeah. I'm just like, 
just if if I'm gonna have a two strike approach, I, and I tell my kids this, like, let's get loaded a tick sooner, so now we're not having to, you know, we're not having to worry about that part. But like, if I'm trying to take my C or D swing, I'm probably gonna get a C or D result. Absolutely. Um, if I get my A swing off. I'm going to get a result. Now, could I strike out? Yeah, but I could strike out with my C and D swing too. But if I'm yeah. going to walk back to that dugout, it's going down with my A swing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's my – that's just, again, um, there's – Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people listening right now that, you know, they'll be banging their dashboard. Yeah. What are these guys talking about? And that's yeah. fine. And we probably don't we're, know. We're not for everybody. About, but No, I tell, I tell people all the time, like, I'm not for everybody, believe me. Um, and I don't claim to be, but, like, it's just – I just don't. It's, it's just like everybody. a picture. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, it's just like a picture. Like, yeah. pitchers have change-ups, yes, but they don't throw them every pitch. No. Why? Because it ain't going to play. Yeah. You're going to get shelled. You're going to be sitting in the dugout and hearing about 14 pitches. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're going to get shelled. Like, you go with your best stuff. Now, if I can't get somebody out, I'll resort to the change-up, breaking ball, slide, or something like that. But it's the same thing swinging. Like, I can't go up there trying to just – Dink the ball in play. It's not going to play. It's not going to play, man. So, if pitchers aren't going to do it, why am I going to sit here and do it? What are pitchers? They're trying to blow fastballs by you. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go and they're trying to blow it by you. Everybody wants to blow it by you. And that's yeah. just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling like Tyler, um, we're getting A swings off. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care the count, man. Like, get your swing off. We don't, we don't spend all that time in the batting cage working on our swing to only do half of it. <laughs> yeah. No. Mm-mm. You know, that's just kind of that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Like I said, like we're not for everybody, but oh. I, I'm a I'm a firm believer. We're gonna go up to the plate, take take that time, take that effort, man. We're just, I'm gonna get my money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. I hear that. And I might strike out, but like I said, once again, tell people my, my school's paid for. So yeah, yeah. I led the conference in strikeouts. Right. So school's still paid for all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, man! Still, still paid for all the same. That check's still rolling through, baby. I hear that. Well, my my deal is this too. Check, man. check still cash. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to what you just said. If fi- we're just gonna say 15 of your strikeouts, if you would have taken a half hack just trying to make contact, still got out. Exactly. That's what I was just gonna get to. <laughs> you may have 15 less strikeouts, but your average is not any different. I don't. I know. I know zero. And I know 105. Yeah. There's no in between. Yeah. And that's kind of a kind of how I live my life. I know where zero is, mm-hmm. and I know where 100 is. There's not really an in between. Yeah. That's, yeah. Kind of, that's fine. <laughs> Dang it. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> anyway off the soapbox. Dang it. Well, dude, I got two things to throw at y'all. Tiger Woods played at the Masters. We know that, right? And then he made a comment at the end saying that he was going to play at St. Andrews, mm-hmm. right? The Open, British Open. He was in Oklahoma preparing, playing a practice round at the golf course where they're going to play the PGA Championship. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You don't just do that unless you're probably going to play. Yeah. So, and first off, he looked like he was ripping it, by the way. He looked more comfortable there than he did all right. four all four days at the Masters. So, my prediction is he's going to show up and he's going to play. So, I know he said he was not. He said he had no guarantees of any in-between tournaments. You don't show up to the golf course that they're going to play the championship with for another major unless you have intentions to go play. You didn't just meet your buddies there there to just play a couple rounds. 
Dude, I don't, I don't think Tiger Woods going to Oklahoma for fun. I don't think so either. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he's going to Choctaw. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, dude. I, I would I Running would, it up to Ardmore to go check out I, the casino. I would have given anything to have been there or been a, been privy to a conversation that he was on his way. Dude, I would have drove up there. I would have booked a round just to watch him play. Mm-hmm. Incredible. But anyway, he's ripping the ball. Second thing I have for you, the first race in Miami is Three days from now, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, where we get to practice, dude, Miami's going to go crazy. And I will call you out on the fact that you were severely wrong or you jinxed me with Mercedes because they were terrible. Mm. I told you they were not going to be great. No more. I'll just they, pick them to finish dude, they, last they, and, they were and so second bad. to last. George Russell did well. Ferrari gave up a win. We're not even going to talk about that. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. But... Mercedes looked awful. Hamilton mm. looked ter- off off base. The car looked the worst it's ever looked ever in the whole season, short season that it's been. But dude, the car looked terrible. Are they are they it taking the mindset you got to get worse before well, you get better? No, they have <laughs> upgrades coming for Miami. Ah, oh, gotcha. So we're gonna see what the car actually looks like in Miami. But dude, I'm they better show out because you got you're gonna have people wearing the same gear I'm wearing right now with Patronus Formula One team on. And they're going to expect per- perfection. Or they're going to expect not perfection, but a good showing. And they don't look good right now at all. Well, they I'll look pick, terrible. I'll pick that they'll finish last and second to last. <laughs> so I don't jinx it again. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to go against Ferrari or Red Bull right now, man. Does, McLaren look good, though. Does Kia have a car in the hunt? Well, uh, if they did, they would be <laughs> definitely last. <laughs> Good like Kia Sorento. Oh my gosh, it was so bad, dude. I mean, I I, I hated watching all of that race. The whole race, I hated watching it. Just from I've the never jump, just because it it's like, you know, I've got my hero, and Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world championship, should world champion, should have won the championship last year, got robbed of that. So they've changed all the rules because of what happened to him last year. You implement those rules last year, he's the champion of the world, and he's eight-time. He's he's broken every record known to Formula One. Do you think there's any hangover from that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't see it. There not being. He's. He. He's got. A, I'll put it to you like this. George and Lewis are in the exact same car, and George is outperforming Lewis every mm. weekend, except for one weekend. So. And he's not the better driver. I mean, not in my opinion. Yeah. Not in my opinion. Lewis has always been. George Russell has always been Mister Saturday. Lewis has always been a weekend winner. Right. Starting from practice to qualify to race, he's always been a race winner. So, you can't tell me that George Russell is a better racing driver than than a seven time world champion on the same grid in the same car. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot he ain't seen. He doesn't. He, it's all feel, man. It's it's knowing when to when to take an apex. It's knowing when to hammer the throttle down. It's knowing when to when to downshift heading into a corner. All of these things are muscle memory to him now. So you can't tell me that George is. I'm not saying he's not great, right? There's only 20 of these guys in the world that get to do this. Yeah. They're all great. And we're not one of them. Yeah, we're not one of them at all. <laughs> as much as I would love to be one, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about putting a uh, putting a Formula One set up in my living room, though, dude. Like, I'm talking racing wheel, all that stuff, simulator type stuff. I'm, 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 I'm contemplating doing it just for fun. I'm glad you said simulator because I was just picturing you... With a wheel in your hand, turning <laughs> circles in your living room, so sitting on the couch, <laughs> just making the turns with the the drivers, <laughs> and making the sounds. 
I, I walk in and I was like, you know what? I've, I've something just came up. Yeah. I'm gonna- Y'all would be asking my wife, what did you feed that dude? <laughs> I'm just gonna ask her like, really? Yes. Yeah. This, this, this is what this is the best you could do. <laughs> this, is, so, this is what you drug out of there. So I'm glad you said simulator there. That would be cool though. No, dude, I'm serious, man. Because you know, Grace, do you need a pit crew. Grayson, my son, dude, like he's all into it, man. He he's, dude, he can race the wheels off of anything, dude. Go kart, you name it. So I'd like to have him, yeah, in that kind of zone and see how he responds to it. Because that'll tell me if I need to put him into, into like real, you know, yeah. Real go-karts, none yeah. of these freaking, you know, 20-mile-an-hour things that you race around an indoor circuit. I'm you talking about... hammer down and you're putt-putting along. Heck, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, we'll see. But uh, first race in Miami, dude. I'm, I'm anxious. It looks fun. They look like they've decked it out. Um, we're we're going to find out what it looks like, dude. But uh, I'm, well, I've I'm, never I'm, known Miami to do anything less, small. Than, yeah. <laughs> less than big. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm anxious to see Tiger, <laughs> though, dude. I think he's going to be... Uh, Speaking uh, of Miami, though, going back to college baseball, they're back. They're back, man. They're back, and that's it's gonna be. It's fun. been a little while. It has been. It's been a little um, while. Speaking Dang. of that, like, you can see where Vanderbilt's not even ranked. Yeah, it's, it's kind of having a it's a down year. Well, when you uh, when you lose that many, I mean, well, they lost. Their, you lost a few. They lost their, they lost their horses. Yeah, <laughs> like. I mean, yeah. not like they don't have a stable of arms. Yeah, but when you dudes, lose, but, uh, when you lose two first rounders, when you lose two quarter horses, and the other <laughs> ones are still Shetland ponies trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, no, and that's the deal. Sure. Like those dudes ate up so many innings over the past few years that these other guys didn't get. And so it's just it's just oh, a yeah, process. And they'll they'll be back there again. I mean, and not not counting them out this year. They'll no, be for they'll sure. be they allowed to go out there and get hot. But you know, run it, the tournament that. You know, it happens sometimes. It does. Because places like that or even like Texas or like normally when you have dudes like that that go that high in the draft, like I know you have a stable of arms, but you probably don't have three or four of those guys. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't have another Jack Lighter or Kumar Rocker. Yeah, that you're going to roll out there every Friday and Saturday and know, hey, I'm probably going 2-0 right here. Right. No, for sure. And uh, so – yeah, we'll see. It's going to be fun. No, I, I this is I I just I just saw Miami up there with ranked number 3 and it it's been a little while since they've been yeah. up there. Um, you know, I'm one of those old school guys I when remember Pat when, Pat Burrell. Yeah, when you see guys, Miami up there and Mark, Texas up there and and you know some of those Mississippi states. So, so it was night 1995. My brother so this would've been like the year like right before my brother graduated high school, my parents let him go to Omaha with one of his buddies. And they went, I think it was 95 or 96. And that was the year that, you know, Cal State Fullerton, uh, Tennessee, um, Florida State, trying to think who else, but he saw Todd Hilton, J.D. Drew, Mark Kotze, Jock Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, crap, who else? I mean, but, you know, like, this was the year that like Mark Kotze would go play right field, and then come in, come in and pitch, yeah. and throw like ninety five. Yeah, you know. And that, but they they said that uh, you know the Ranger fan. You remember Mitch Moreland? Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State. He was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that dude was twice the pitcher he was as an outfielder. Yeah. Dude, obviously he can rake, but I mean they you know, they said get him on a mound. Dude yeah. throws like ninety five, yeah. ninety six. 
Yeah. But then, like, J.D. Drew was the same thing. But obviously, those two guys had pretty great it's like, big it's league like careers. Jock, the all those playing, guys played in the big leagues. It's like you're – and you forget about this, right? But the Rangers are playing Friday, and Kenley Jansen's the closer for the Braves now. Yeah. We got drafted as a catcher. Yeah. He was a catcher, and now he's been a closer for 13 or 14 years in the bigs. Like wow. Buster Posey came in as a shortstop. Yeah. Craig, and he went Craig to Biggio. Craig Biggio was a catcher. Turned into a second baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, dude, I, kid I grew up with. Played shortstop his entire career. Played shortstop at Baylor. You know, I think probably got drafted as a shortstop. Um, got drafted by the Giants, I believe. Ended up. Turning into like turn it turned him into a reliever. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Kid that played for me um, went to Howard. He was on that Howard team that went fifty two and one. Went to TCU. It's a pretty good season. Yeah, they're decent. <laughs> um, you know, got drafted as a shortstop, and then uh, they turned him into a pitcher because yeah. he threw he threw about ninety four. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to make it that way. You know, so there's yeah. opportunities there. Yeah, and it's not always what you think it's going to exactly. be. Exactly, for sure. Well, there's another one down. Dude, Dude. I'm just killing it, guys. That hey, was that was officially episode 13. Yeah. We're probably like the best podcasters ever. Probably. I mean, if I was to grade us on like a <laughs> 1 to 10, dude, it's a guarantee 20, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, we're, no. we're just that good, man. <laughs> like, we got all these crazy followers and just like we're blowing up we're so just... huge. It's crazy. Get on board. <laughs> guys, Get on board. It, my social media is just... Just bussing, bussing right now, dude. <laughs> your, your, your DMs are so full right now. Slide, all these people just sliding into my DMs. Yeah. You'll get back to them when you can. Yeah, just yeah. He's got so much work. He's got <laughs> one to attend to. <laughs> it was it was my wife. It's just because I didn't answer the text, so she went to my she went to my uh, Instagram and was like, "Hey, can you grab milk on the way home?" Yeah. And I thought it was one of my fans. Yeah. Well, you know. It is what it is there. But, no, uh, hey, we appreciate yeah. everybody for sure. Keep we do. subscribing. Keep listening, please. For sure. Yeah. And also, for real, like on the – guys, if you have a question, if if there's anything that we can do, like I, for real, like our, our, our DMs are open. Like we, we love talking shop with anybody. Like if you have any questions about any of the stuff that we talked about, like um, I mean, if you want to talk about – why Tyler and I's hitting philosophy is what it is. Like we'll have that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. We love talking about it. Like, um, you guys, you know, want to talk just anything. You know, like we're, that's what we're here for. And that was kind of like you know we talk about it a lot. Like the idea behind this podcast is just this is a, you know, we want to get people on here that are that you know that can transform you know anybody that the way that some of the podcasts that we've listened to have transformed us and our thought processes and how we do things because we don't have all the answers and you know, I love all y'all to death, but neither do y'all No, You know, um, you don't know what you don't know. And you know, you've got to be a constant learner, iron sharpens iron. And you know, we're all in this together. We're just all, we all have the common goal of, you know, we're just trying to do our best every single day. And you know, for all the coaches and everybody, we're just, you know, trying to help these kids just play one more day, mm-hmm. you know, like just, you know, and just keep, you know, pitch, pitch to pitch day to day, you know, and it's just, it's, it, it takes everybody. It takes an army, man. Like, uh, and we just, you know, our DMs are open. We, we love talking, you know, and we love, uh, 
We love just trying to help out, and that's all this has, has been about. Like, we enjoy doing it, and but the, the people that we get on are, you know, not only is it, you know, people that we think that, you know, that, that you know, it's people that we want to talk to and learn more about, but, I mean, I'm telling you this, it's more for y'all than it is for us. Like, oh, for sure. We, we already know, kind of have an idea of these people and what they're about. It's more about getting their message out to you. Um just so that you know they might say one thing and it totally you know turn your season around like yep. that that's just you know that's and that's kind of like my our thought behind this is just you know you know for instance like the first time i heard you know coach deggs talk i mean I, that, that brought me to tears and I'm, I'm not scared to admit that i mean that guy that guy's story is amazing and and just his his whole story and his and how he intertwines you know baseball and what he's been through with his his religion and his family and just everything i mean it's yeah there's something that anybody everybody can take something from i was just having this conversation uh earlier with a work buddy of mine was like don't listen to it because I told you about it. Listen to it because you're going to get something out of it. Like, you'll find something in each one of these podcasts that you can take something from and and put it to your day-to-day or how you run, you know, what you do or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, yeah, we appreciate it. We'll keep we'll keep, uh, we'll keep bringing it to you. And what are we going to do, man? Tee it high and let it fly. You've been listening to the Win Big Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we would love your continued support. Head over to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast to subscribe and catch us on our next episode.